Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you drive the brand ranked number one in dependability by J.D. Power, you can stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see yourself behind the wheel of the brand ranked number one in dependability by J.D. Power. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Kia received the fewest reported problems among all brands in the J.D. Power 2022 U.S. Vehicle Dependability Study based on 2019 models. See jdpower.com slash awards for 2022 details. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They're Michael Corum, Trevor Eiflute, Charles Aubon, Eric Steele. And this one goes out today. The Major Spoilers podcast covers news, reviews, and of course, spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later. The Major Spoilers Podcast is on the air. On the air. Pod, pod, podcast. I'm Matthew. I'm Rodrigo. And I'm Stephen. If you're listening to the Major Spoilers Podcast, 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 the Major Spoilers Podcast is on the air. Welcome to issue 405 of the Major Spoilers Podcast. So glad you could join us. Had this uh, <laughs> join us. Us, uh, Rodrigo's over there. Rodrigo, you are a busy guy. What have you been up to lately? Um. Well, I have been going around to ethanol plants and interviewing people. Yay. Or do you mean on this website? No, no, no. Ethanol plants is fine. Your your outside plants. life. Ethanol you know, plants. I'll I'll tell you this about ethanol plants. Uh, with this agricultural show that I'm doing. I've been to feedlots, and mm-hmm. I've been to swine farms, and yes. I've been to dairies, mm-hmm. and ethanol plants are the best smelling industrial complex, industrial complexes that I've ever been in. Because basically one end smells like beer, uh-huh. and the other end smells like fruity pebbles. Oh. Gotta, gotta <laughs> Just like Steven. <laughs> <laughs> But Matthew, we're not have, telling you which. Matthew, what have you been up to besides being mean to me? Well, I I have discovered an important fact. Okay. I, in December of this year, will be 42 years old. And I work in a call center, and I'm surrounded by people who are 19 to 24. And it is apparently now a cultural paradigm shift that when I was growing up, we talked like this. But now... Everybody talks like this, and their sentences go up at the end like it's a question, even when it's not a question. And so people will say, I have a question, and I'll say yes, and they'll say, my computer's not working. 
And I, I say, that's not a question, that's a statement. <laughs> and then it gets all sad and people feel all hurt. And I think that really somehow the, the, the people 20 years younger than me don't understand that all sentences don't uh, go up at the end like this. And right. also a man today uh, was telling me about my, my threat level. So they, that was fun. Sentences don't, don't end like that? They don't? I know, right? Interesting. Everything's not Interesting. a question. <laughs> Or something? something? Yeah, Stephen can't even do it. That's the best part about <laughs> Steven, it. I, you're right. Stephen is actually older than me. Like, I know. Like, Stephen tries it, and he just comes across as Christopher Walken. <laughs> Stephen sucks at this. Good night, I moon. need more cowbell. <laughs> I'm afraid green, green room. of ghosts. There was a... <laughs> it's been so... Oh, God. I'm going to have to start reading uh, Good Night, uh, Moon quick, again. Real quick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Real quick, talking about Christopher Walken. Yes. Found out something that was kind of awesome. Okay. okay. I watched The Return of the Joker, uh, the Batman Beyond movie. Yeah. And um, I, I listened to the uh, director's commentary, and it was kind of awesome to hear them talk about. First off, they just, uh, they're like, oh, yeah, this character is played by, and of course, now I've totally blanked out on his name. What's his name? Uh, he played Luthor in Smallville. Yeah, the, Michael Rosen. Yeah, Michael Rosen. Yeah, yeah. Is it Rosen? Rosen, Rosen, Rosen. I think it's Rosenbaum. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, Rosen, 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 Rosenbaum. So first off, he hadn't done he hadn't done Justice League yet. So there's like, oh yeah, it's this young guy. Blah blah. blah you know, he's he does some stuff for us. He's like, but one day he had a hilarious. He was doing a hilarious Christopher Walken thing. So Ghoul from Batman Beyond, like the scarecrow looking guy. Mm-hmm. Is the guy who plays the Flash doing a Christopher Walken impression, and that's what that character is. That's funny. Really? Yep. If you if you get a chance to go back and watch the uh, the Return of the Joker, you can totally hear it. It's Flash pretending to be Christopher wow. Walken. That's really strange. Mm-hmm. Is it for me? <laughs> To say, no, it's not supposed to be a question, Steve. No, it's <laughs> Christopher. It, it is. <laughs> no, that, no, Damn that it. could be a statement or a question. Yeah, I know, but <laughs> stop. If it's if it's ambiguous, you're not so, doing it right. So, dude, uh, not ironic. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so I've been rather busy lately with some uh, other things of the last couple of months. Can talk about it now, though, that it's been officially announced. I've been uh, working on the latest edition of the Adobe After Effects CS6 uh, book. <gasps> Comes out June 30th. Six! Yeah, version... Six. Well, actually, it's like version six. 11 of the software, so... Uh, you can go six. check out... I actually this incorporated... CS6 now? Yep, CS6, Adobe After Effects. No, right? Actually, the whole production bundle is up to CS6 right now. Um, I actually did a... Uh, a little tutorial walkthrough on some of the new features that people can check out at stevenschleicher.com. How does it relate to major spoilers? Well, I actually incorporated the uh, Lego Marvel Avengers in the uh, in the tutorial. So if you're interested, go check it out. I know a couple of listeners uh, are interested in that kind of stuff. So you can go see an early demo yes, of that. Both of you. No, at least one person said that they, they got a kick out of it. Um, but, 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 hey, listener the, email. The answer to this question, yes. No. Hey, guys, I really wanted to get your input about something. Now that Marvel has come out with all of their superhero number one movies and then tied them together with the Avengers, how would y'all how would y'all like and how likely would it be for DC with their upcoming Superman, their current Green Lantern and in some way Batman movies to create a Justice League movie? 
Also, if they were to make such a movie, who would y'all, y'all like to see in it? Keep up the great work, Nick from Texas. That explains the y'all. <laughs> well, first right, of all, right, little right. history. They actually were working on a Justice League movie that would have had at least Brandon Routh in it. Uh, had there not been a lot of backlash against Superman Returns. Uh, about three years ago, yep. they were even, I think it was, it's been about three years ago now, um, as they were going to San Diego Comic-Con, they were still trying to nail down the details on whether they were going to have a Justice League movie tying into and rolling out Flash, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, um, and tying it into a Justice League movie. Then, of course, uh, The Dark Knight came out, and uh, Superman Returns didn't do so well, and they just ditched uh, the Justice League movie. At one point, they even tried to recast with a bunch of like up-and-coming new people, uh, but it just didn't work out that that way. And so they scrapped <laughs> yeah, it. Was good. There you go. Good <laughs> That's, that was it. Um, so, yes, I'm sure DC would love to make a Justice League movie. The problem is think they are too wrapped up in their own stuff to figure out how to do it right. Now, I do know last year at San Diego Comic-Con, they got together or shortly after the big Warner Brothers um, announcement and change up with uh, Jim Lee and Jeff Johns and uh, the head, uh, the new head of, of Warner Brothers. I know they all locked themselves in a room for a while to figure out how they were going to come out with these movies in the future. Um, I, you know, it's... It's what I was saying in the in the show on Tuesday. Sci-fi is a great outlet for people who love um, pop culture, sci-fi, geeky stuff, right? It's a great outlet for that, for that, and they do a great job of that. But also the sci-fi channel is their own worst enemy because they keep shooting themselves in the foot when they try to sabotage or change up something because of corporate synergy or some executive that's in charge. And unfortunately, that's the way that Warner Brothers seems to do things. Instead of going with a plan, they seem to be their own worst enemy in screwing things up. And so I don't, I mean, there's no way that, first of all, we know that this is the last Christian Bale Batman. They're going to be rebooting the Batman franchise in the next two or three years. Uh, so we won't see anything like that with the Justice League. They still haven't figured out what they want to do with the Flash. Green Lantern may be getting a sequel. Um, Superman's getting a kind of a semi-reboot in Man of Steel. If they can do it, great. But right now they've got their own, they have to figure out how they want to do these movies, and I don't think they've gotten there yet. Matthew? I agree, and I think that I have the added problem. Again, I am the guy who will always say, is this adaptation really necessary? And I think that given the amount of special effects wizardry that it would take to, well, first of all, Green Lantern, I think, cost them like 11 bajillion dollars just, you know, to make his toes glow. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the Superman movies, if you watch a Superman movie, it's filled with, gosh, mommy, ain't I making pretty movies shots of Superman, you know, getting shot in the eye or floating over the world. Or, you know, even the Christopher Reeve era, it's, yeah, da, 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 you will believe a man can fly. There's a lot of stuff involved in a Justice League movie that isn't so much involved in an Avengers movie. I mean, the Avengers basically hit stuff. Iron Man's got some zappiness. The Hulk is, you know, big and probably CGI, and Thor may make the lightning. But Green Lantern's powers alone are a movie in terms of budgeting. Flash's powers alone 
a movie. And then you get down to that question of with the Justice League story, once you got your Superman, your Batman, your Wonder Woman, your Green Lantern, your Flash, what then? Are we going to be able to throw in a Martian Manhunter or a Cyborg or an Aquaman, someone in that that sixth Ranger slot? You know, you need to build a lot of reality. You need to build a whole lot of backstory for one superhero. And honestly, the people who make superhero movies think that the first one has to be the origin anyway. So I think that, yes, they could build a Justice League universe. The problem that we're going to come up against is how hard it's going to be to build a Justice League. And unlike with the Avengers, where you can get away with, here's the Black Widow and Hawkeye and, you know, the Hulk to round out our group. Once you get past those, basically the core three Justice Leaguers, plus Green Lantern, who most people know, and Flash, who many people just call Flash Gordon, people are going to be asking, where's Shazam? Where's Spider-Man? You know, people are, there are enough people who are vaguely familiar with the concept of the Super Friends to where a Justice League movie, people may want to know where the Wonder Twins are. Mm-hmm. So I think that the problematic part with this is that the Avengers haven't had a whole lot of really high-profile previous stuff that you have to override. And they have had three, well, now four, pretty successful movies leading up to this Avengers reality over the past, what, ten years? Nine years? So I, I think they have a bigger hurdle to overcome. I would rather see like a Justice League International movie where you've got booster gold and blue beetle and you're not having to you're not having to explain to somebody why superman doesn't just go in and magic the place up or why uh, batman doesn't just you know hit everybody with kryptonite yeah, i, I want to hear uh, rodrigo's comments and then i've got a follow up on how how to answer that question matthew rodrigo what are your thoughts on cool. this questions go up at the end like this <laughs> they do um God, you're so bad. You're so bad. (laughs) Yes, Um, now I'm actually doing it on purpose. They they would not send you in as a narc. That is, (laughs) they wouldn't. (laughs) Hey, fellas, has anybody seen any cool Mary Jane dealers? I'd really like to get far out and hey, you hip kids. I heard that you might have some of that marijuana pot. That I might be able to bum <laughs> off of you, lads. Hey, you cool American any? girls. Anyway, Rodrigo Justice League. <laughs> right. uh, I think that you know the Avengers, just on uh, the pure merit of being made at all, has accomplished something pretty spectacular. You know, nobody thought five years ago that this was ever really actually going to happen. I think people hoped, but everybody was like, well, it's going to fall apart somewhere along the way. That said, the Avengers did this the hard way. If DC wants a Justice League movie, what they need to do is have one Superman movie because they're already bound to it. Batman is already ending. Wait five minutes and then relaunch the DC Universe movie franchise with a Justice League movie and then make spin-off movies off of that. There you go. That is the yeah. that is the easy quote unquote way of doing it as opposed to 
you know, having each character have their own movie with its own style. I mean, that's a big deal. You know, the Marvel, fortunately, the, the, the Marvel movies weren't all that different stylistically, but they kind of were. And they're bridging that with the Avengers a little bit. So that's not a big problem. But you look at Batman Begins. Or, or, you know, the, the Christopher Nolan Batman stuff. <laughs> and you look at just the stills of the Superman stuff that we're seeing, and it doesn't look the same, and it's not going to look the same. Right. Certainly yeah. not if they were planning on the Brandon Routh Superman. Like, the universe feels different in both of those movies. And the same thing goes for the Ryan Reynolds Green, Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. It's a different look to everything. Yeah. I, I think if you're going to do it justice, Superman. I think if you're going to do it Justice League oh, and try to incorporate uh, Superman and Batman, you have to do it the way the uh, the first Justice League story was, where Superman's out in space punching uh, meteors, and Batman's too busy in Gotham City to be dealing with other people's problems. And you do that in one real quick scene, either way, and then you can focus on the other characters. Uh, I guess oh, people do it the way riot. the Justice Society. People did. would riot. Oh, I'm sure they would. Yeah, but you I mean, could do it the way the Justice Society did it, where they put together the characters, and then at one point, Batman and Superman just showed up, and everybody went, "Hey, Batman and Superman, mm-hmm. welcome to the Justice Society. We love you," because everybody knows what Batman and Superman do. Right. So you set up your Flash, your Green Lantern, your Martian Manhunter, and then you're like, oh, look, these guys are high profile enough that Batman and Superman joined up. Yeah. Um, I still contend that probably the best way to do these big universe building movies that they've been doing or just do any Justice League movies is to do it like they've already been doing. These direct-to-DVD movies, animated movies. I, I just like that concept. That way you can get anybody you want. If you want Kevin Conroy, who doesn't look like Batman, to voice Batman, you can get him to voice Batman. If you want uh, uh, Michael R- Rosenbaum to do uh, uh, The Flash, you got him to do The Flash. Or if you want Nathan Fillion to be Green Lantern, there you go, Green Lantern. And I, I just think from a production standpoint, from a cost standpoint, from a talent pool standpoint, uh, an animated feature, and I don't know, I'm not uh, privy to the returns on any of the... Uh, uh, direct to DVD movies, but the Batman Returns. <laughs> yes, um, any of those. That's could how that works. By be the way, <laughs> any could be anything. So uh, that's the way I would do it: is just forget about a major motion picture and just continue to to dive into those uh, animated movies. Well, but but Warner Brother wants to do both. They want I to know. have. The major motion picture and the direct-to-video stuff, uh, you know, that's like, I mean, basically, that's like saying, well, why, why even do it outside of the comics if the comics are already doing it perfectly to a certain extent? Because the medium of comics has warped around superheroes to the mm-hmm. point where, n- when people think of comics, they think of superheroes. Yeah, don't know. Uh, I, I just think that Warner Brothers hasn't really figured out what they want to do yet and they're trying to scramble to keep up with what the competition is doing and it's causing them to lose the big picture. And I'm somebody who likes a Justice League. I'm somebody who likes Batman, Superman. I would love to see a live-action Justice League movie, but I think it's going to turn into that live-action pilot for the Justice League that we saw in the 80s or 90s or whenever that was with David Ogden Stiers as the Martian Well, we never saw it. Hell, it I've was from like it. 1988, and well, yeah, you've seen it, but it was never released. 
Right. And David Ogden Stiers made a particularly awesome Martian Manhunter. Mm-hmm. It's just that the rest of the film was god awful. Speaking of things that don't Space belong. Space Winchester. <laughs> Speaking of things that don't belong. Rodrigo, you were talking about this earlier, and I, I want you to flesh out this concept of things that don't belong in a particular setting or something that right. pulls you out of the setting. Right. So when I was, uh, I think I was 16 when Star Wars Episode One: colon, The Phantom Menace, uh, colon, Metachlorian Razzmatazz came out. Um, and so I'm sitting there watching it. I'm pretty into it. You know, I mean, I... I didn't have nearly as many problems with it as a lot of other people did. Um, but there's this scene where they're, they're trying to get through the trade federation blockade or whatever. And they're shooting at him. Pew, 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 pew. It's like, Oh no, the shield is still up. And then one of the guys goes, we'll be sitting ducks. And I immediately go, wait, there are ducks in star Wars. <laughs> like it just totally yanked me out of it because. The Star Wars universe is always so careful about creating its own flora and fauna and things right. that the existence of ducks, you know, bridging that gap between the universes really took me out of it. Um, I actually see it a lot in fantasy when people make because mm-hmm. there's there's certain words that reference specific events like crossing right. the Rubicon or, you know, things like that, you know, like specific phrases that refer to specific events. And then when they're put in a fantasy setting, it's like, well, that didn't happen in this setting. You know, there was no Alamo in this setting there. You know, there was no storming the beaches of Normandy in this setting. Why is this phrase here? Right. Mm -hmm. I think, and that's, I mean, uh, for me, it seems like your turn. um, Some fantasy stories, um, game of Thrones, for example, is one that, it's set in a fantasy world, yet everything tends to operate very much like it does in our world, just at a different time. And I think some of those things, mm-hmm. concepts and ideas, uh, don't work right for me and pull me out when it's like, oh, you're dealing with this concept, but wait a minute. This has got to be a totally different universe or a different planet or something else out there. And yet you're still talking right. about concepts that we already understand. Yeah, and but it's difficult because if you, let's say, you have the inverse, you have, say, Jim Shooter on Legion of Superheroes, where every other word is a made-up, you know, oh, Florg, someone's easy somebody to translate this is, or people are, you know, grifing liberty all the time. Mm-hmm. You get into that, you get a level of, of Z-Rust, that future that isn't a future, to where all of the dialogue sounds like, you know, straight out of Back to the Future 2. Mm-hmm. You remember where they're talking about the Lobos and the Zip Heads and how everybody is low res. I mean, it's difficult to make up your own idiom. And the people who do it well still border on self-parody. I mean, Diablo Cody in Juno created their own language because you can't simulate teen speak you can't simulate future speak buffy did the same thing rather than try and translate how kids actually spoke mm-hmm. joss just basically created a new way for kids to speak mm-hmm. right and the same thing with you know if you look at firefly when they're like uh i'll be in my rut and bunk 
that that's a, that's kind of the same thing. They're trying mm-hmm. to to give you that that element of a of, of future of different of technology, but even then, it, when people say shiny once too often, it comes across as maybe a little too silly. And plus, I love rutting because rutting has a euphemism to where mm-hmm. they're actually cursing, but they're getting away with it. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I mean, it's it's a fine line between well, we'll be sitting ducks. You know, I, I can bullseye womp rats in my T-16. Right. That's well, a line that, that people make fun of for sounding too the future. Right. Actually, the past. Well, and, and even then. You know, even that stuff, like, takes me out of it. It's like, oh, look, it's an X-Wing. It's like, that would imply a romance, like, a, 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 a <laughs> yeah, like a yeah, romance. The B-Wings and the Y-Wings. And they're, yeah, exactly. they're still and using it, our language. Yeah, exactly. It's like it implies an alphabet mm-hmm. that is the same as ours. And, you know, sometimes when I start to think about that stuff, it just, like, completely disconnects the universe for me. Right. Well. Well, and not everybody that, can come up with station. <laughs> but that's I think true. that's one of the things that, that you uh, run the risk of when you're trying to write sci-fi or fantasy is making up Absolutely. a making up a word or a phrase and using it so often and maybe not even the right way, where suddenly people are like, right. what the hell is a framistat? And I don't understand, and now I'm totally confused about what this person was saying, and I'm, right. I'm lost. Right, and so that pulls. Or yeah, or it or it comes across as look at this future, future time. Right, right, right. right. And you, you can, you can balance it because you know I I don't read a whole lot of it, but one thing that I establish, you know, as this being done well is Judge Dredd, not the Sylvester Stallone movie, the actual comic books that Mm -hmm. didn't suck. Judge Dredd would you? They would do it contextually. You know, this this drocking thing doesn't work or, right. you know, a couple of guys will be obviously on the make and they're just bagging Bilbo's. You don't know what a Bilbo right. is. Right. But you can, from the context, imply what they're doing. And, you know, it, but then again, even that kind of gets to that. I always think of Lobo. You remember Lobo in the 90s with the fragging bastiches everywhere? Mm-hmm. Well, I you know, think, you it, know, um, you're getting into euphemistic territory almost. Battlestar Galactica did it right with frack. Right. Um, but I can see how Star Wars with sitting ducks does it wrong. Um, right. Well, and Star Wars is an example of something that, you know, George Lucas can claim he wrote 12 movies when he was nine and had every beat figured out. They 80 percent of that movie is an ass pole. And I think that that sitting ducks line is just an example of not. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, either not thinking through it. Or that babblefish effect of we're going to translate this not only into English, but we're going to translate the idiom and the slang into something that makes sense. Because, right. it, it, well, the, the quintessential example for me is always uh, Darmok from, I think it's season four of uh, Star Trek The Next Generation. The one time before uh, Sam leaped into a captain in the previous century, the one time that the universal translator doesn't work. Darmok and Jalad at Tanagra. You know, Picard and Dathon on Omicron 12, where they have to work with the future speak or the, you know, the taking that sitting duck metaphor and it doesn't immediately translate out. Right. 
and you have to you have to work with it. And I think it's something where in that episode they chose to say something about the nature of language and communication. Oh, sure. And I think that with the sitting duck line, it just you know proved that the the screenwriter wasn't thinking, hey, you know, this is going to well, sound freakish. You know, there's also that, but then there's also things that um, if people would just take five minutes and look up the answer, they could solve problems. A uh, good example is in that first Ghost Rider movie, uh, where um, what is he? Is he Johnny Blaze or is he? Which Johnny Blaze? Johnny yeah. Blaze. Yeah, okay, so he's Johnny, Johnny Cool, Blaze. Johnny Slash, Johnny Sunshine, um, then Johnny Blaze, ready. then Doctor Johnny Fee. He's trying to jump over the uh, the helicopters and <laughs> Snake River Canyon. They the announcer is like he's going from field goal to field goal, one hundred yards. And if you think about it, field goal to field goal, the goal post is not they're 120 right. yards apart. 100, yeah. And right, right. You know, sometimes you throw out jargon, and a lot of the tech movies are really bad about this. I mean, go back and look at the um, oh yeah, what was the Sandra Bullock movie? Uh, the 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 net, the net, the net. You know, that's one you watch and you're just like, <laughs> the net is classic. You know, five minutes yeah. of searching, five minutes of asking a question would solve this, and sometimes it's that. Uh, yes. Five minutes. The of, problem hey, is, is that this. five minutes of searching would have also invalidated the net. Yes, exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah. And but that, I mean, that's even, part even of the something... thing is. Hello, dead silence. We've, we've got lag. People are always like Stephen. How come you're always we uninterrupted? Broke. Matthew and Rodrigo. Half the time it's because we have crappy lag with Skype. Yeah, really is. Agreed. The other half and the time it's me Stephen just trying to be a dick to me. Matthew. It's just Stephen <laughs> wants to be a jerk. He's getting he's getting even for its time. But, you know, it it's one of those things where even when done well, it can be emblematic of saying this takes place in space. Uh, if, you know, the first time you hear Zaphod Beeblebrock say Zarking Fardwarks, you don't know what a Fardwark is. You don't know what Zark in the verb tense or in this case, the gerund tense would be. But you are clear that a zarking fardwark is not a good thing. And you can take zarking fardwark and you can insert the curse word of your choice. And you get from that context, which says this takes place in space. It makes a joke because zarking fardwark sounds so funny. You know, or uh, Stephen's a hoopy fruit who really knows where his towel is at. It's something where. Thank you, you. You want it to be unobtrusive on both fronts. So you want it to be, you know, you can't have somebody saying sitting duck. Although I think they did have robo ducks in that first movie in well, the Jawa thing. In, you know, if you go to, um, I want to say, I think it's the force.net uh-huh. um, or actually starwars.com. They have a huge bestiary of all the critters in Star Wars. And you can actually look up ducks. And because of that phrase, there are officially ducks in Star Wars. And <laughs> they talk about it, you know, they they they, they talk about how, you know, they're they're a strange creature because they're not reptavians like a lot of, you know, the the bird lizards that are in Star Wars. <laughs> yes. And they show you a tiny picture of one of the like I think uh, in that very first image where a bunch of birds are flying away and they're like these are Star Wars ducks. Yeah. Well, well and so let me ask you this something then, kind of kind of to spin off of that. If we look at mm-hmm. things that are odd or things that are weird, when we watch an original Star Trek series, 
uh, it's mostly mm-hmm. bipedal humanoids that are doing everything. And occasionally you'll get a Gorn or occasionally right. you'll get uh, something else. But then all of Fra- a sudden Frank a, Gorshin painted half black yes. and half white. Yes. But then occasionally that's as alien then as all of a right sudden there. you sit down and you watch Star Trek, the animated series. And suddenly there's all these alien races that have been part of Starfleet for decades. And it's part of that history. And then whenever you get and watch a, a show like uh, Enterprise, um, what's the, what was the doctor's name on Enterprise? Or what was he? But apparently his race... The Enterprise? Uh, the, the Dr. TV show. Flux. He was a... Uh, yeah. He was a, a, a Genosian or some such. Okay. Mm-hmm. It had an O's in it. Yeah. But, you know, apparently his race, his species has been around and part of Starfleet forever because his race appeared in that animated series way a long time ago. But because of special effects budget technology, you couldn't get those characters into the series, and then suddenly they're just thrown in. You're expected to believe that uh, all all along. And that's the hilarious thing is that you end up with kind of these unfortunate implications, right? It's like, yes, the... The uh, sea cucumber people have been a part of Starfleet all along, but you never see any of them in the mm-hmm. Enterprise and Deep mm-hmm. Space Nine and the Voyager and whatever you want. And when they go back to San Francisco, you don't see any of them there either, which means they must be second class citizens. <laughs> well, it, it, and that is ugly and that is unpleasant. And that's, well, first of all, that's the problem in writing the future. But to me, I think uh, what's really fascinating is when it's done well, when your future talking sure, and your, your future, it's done well. Um, Gibson, what's his first name? The guy who did William, uh, Neuromancer. William, William Gibson. Gibson created the term cyberspace. Right. Mm-hmm. The cy- Gibson created the term hacker. Right. And he made it as part of his future speak to try and get away from that, you know, that that metaphor of we're we're a sitting duck. Gibson actually brought these into regular culture well, because of what Neuromancer did. It actually the terms that he used in his speculative fiction have become the actual terms that we use as we have, you know, created technologies that emulate what's in his speculative fiction. Yeah, the, the interesting thing, though, is that it doesn't even have to be about the future. I mean, it helps when things just kind of, you know, amazingly do happen to go in that direction, right? Because, you know, hackers are kind of a, a, a very rare thing when these books are written. But eventually you do have people hacking into systems and, you know, you take on the word. But something like The Simpsons, where they've created a whole bucket of words that people now use without even thinking of attributing to The Simpsons. Um, I believe The Simpsons invented yoink. For example, very interesting. Well, I mean, that's that's something that's going to happen regardless. I mean, something that enters pop culture becomes part of our popular popular culture and then we embrace it as part of regular culture. Uh, And so it it, it shouldn't it, it, you know, the nice upshot of what you're talking about, Rodrigo. Oh, what is this strange word that I've never heard before? That may take me out of the story, but uh, the nice upshot is if it works and it makes sense and it's used correctly, mm-hmm. suddenly that strange phrase, that word, the yoink, the, the uh, well, not Flavin, but the, the yoinks and the 
the Glavin. uh, the Glavins and the uh, uh, the Framistats and the uh, Cyberpunks mm-hmm. suddenly become exactly what they are meant to be. Uh, and I think that's kind of the mm-hmm. nice thing that happens uh, as a result of this. But, you know, I, I agree with you. There are still going to be times where uh, you're you're walking around the, you know, the streets of Mos Eisley and suddenly there is yeah. a mallard walking in front of the camera. <laughs> a mallard in a Java uniform. No, just a mallard. A mallard's I mean, you know. always ride single file so as to hide their numbers. <laughs> Dude, they totally do, though. That's how ducks walk. That's what's awesome. That's the joke. And it goes up at the end like a question. <laughs> That's what's awesome. All right, everybody. Oh, it's time for us to get again. out of here this week. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to the Major Spoilers podcast. Uh, do take a listen to Critical Hit, a Major Spoilers Dungeons & Dragons podcast, episode 145. If you've been following the adventures of Orem and Torque and Randus and Ket Smith, your jaw will what's be on face? the floor. Yeah, what's his face who's not yes. with us currently? Your jaw's going to be on the floor after you listen to 145. Check it out, and then That's in right. another week, take a listen to a brand new Top 5, the Top 5 Superhero Costumes that's coming out in seven days. Uh, be listening for it then. And remember, this next week, it's Courtney Crumman, Crumman, Volume 1, The Night Things, on the Major Spoilers main podcast on Wednesday. And if you would like to pick up this book ahead of time, or if you're really just buying anything, whether it be a hairdryer, a dishwasher, a TV, I don't know if you can buy automobiles through Amazon.com, but do us a favor. If you're going to buy something from Amazon.com, go to Majorspoilers.com, click on the Amazon.com link, click on that, buy away, buy whatever you're just normally going to buy. It's not going to cost you anything else, but a percentage of that sale gets kicked back to us, and it helps us. Or if you'd prefer, you can give us a one-time donation or a $2, $5, or $10 a month donation. It helps us offset the cost of the show and keep it free and the website free and everything that we have coming up free, 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 because we know that you love free, and we'll be back next week. Free! If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Visit Majorspoilers at Majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at twitter.com slash Majorspoilers and on MySpace at myspace.com slash Majorspoilers. Bad the X-ray vision of a Superman I could save a few bucks and stand around And read through the covers of the comics on the stand But although every other page would be backwards I suppose I could still read the evens and the odds Well I don't know Guess I haven't thought this all the way through Plus as soon as the comic book store guy knew They kicked my butt out on the corner What a major spoiler What a major spoiler Way. If I was hulking green or gray, I could just bust through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little meat would deal with all the tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would I back and board my comics with such huge hands? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a major spoiler What a major spoiler 
start raving rich like a man of iron. I might not be surprised to find that I might actually have the heart cold to follow an entire storyline. But would I really even need to read upon all those escapades? I mean, who needs such distractions when your sister's such a babe? But the downside is such a beast. Being shot up in a fine be in the Middle East with a King Santo and soldier. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a major spoiler. Whoa, 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 whoa. What a major spoiler. Major spoilers. It's copyright 2012.